You are listening to the 108 Bricks podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at 108 Bricks Pod and get involved with the conversation using the hashtag 108 Bricks. Also, be sure to go ahead and follow us on Facebook too. Go ahead and give us a like. And we post the latest Cubs news and updates right there, and you can get involved with each show on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back, everybody, to the 108 Bricks Podcast. Curtis Koch here along with my good buddy, Dylan Buckwhites. What's going on, guys? And we've got an interesting show. We're releasing this a little bit early because of the fact our that... Our schedule's kind of weird. Yeah, our schedules I was are sick. weird. Curtis was sick. Curtis was on vacation. I was busy with something. You were moving. But, but to make up for it, we're at that time of year again where we're... Where we will be doing weekly releases of the podcast as the year rounds up in baseball and the postseason begins. So hopefully you guys will enjoy weekly content instead of every other week as the uh, season wraps up and hopefully we see more Cubs games in October. Should be fun. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty nervous for a potential playoff run this year from the Cubs. Um, I mean, I am. Yes, the Cubs. Yeah. Well, a little more than usual. I don't know. There's here's the deal. The Cubs are still playing good baseball. The Cubs are still a good baseball team. Their pitching, their starting pitching has been significantly better than it has been all year. Their bullpen, although going through some struggles, has seemed to be rounding out. Um, You're seeing guys like C-Sheck, Edwards, um, even Montgomery uh, or Montgomery starting now again. But you're seeing guys get a lot more rest. He's using guys like um, De La Rosa. Um, you haven't, I don't think we've seen, um, I think Sishak had his first start in like three or four days, or first appearance in three or four days today. And so we're seeing a lot more rest. We're seeing a lot more bullpen guys who are holding their own. Yet, for some reason, I just feel like everything's about to collapse. Well, um, maybe it was today's 5-1 loss to the Pirates where... Uh, the only run was off of a Cole Hamels home run. <laughs> I mean, good for that had something to play into number, it. But number two of his career. Yeah, his number two home run and the only Cubs run scored tonight. That's that's brutal. But I don't know. I, Offense-wise, I feel like maybe this has been the story all year that we've been seeing the same sort of up and down sort of swing. There was a moment when Javi Baez was was on fire and everyone sort of got behind that and they were playing some of the base base best baseball of the year. But I, I think the offense started off slow this year. I think it's ending slow this year. And if we've seen a lot of games where it's just gone completely silent, for example, tonight we, um, for example, uh, game one against the white Sox in play in a playoff situation, you can't have games like that. And so, I'd love to see him start getting a little more consistent. Some guys picking up a little more looking at Chris Bryant specifically, but in the end, like you, they still have a game, uh, a two and a half game lead over the Brewers magic numbers at five. Who knows what it'll be by the time this gets uploaded. It's uh, currently uh 1042 at night on Monday after this Cubs <laughs> loss, but overall, 
I think it were it, if a deep playoff run is going to happen, it's going to be on the shoulders of the offense, and it, it has to be on the shoulders of the offense because I think everything else is coming together, but that. Yeah, and the, and the other thing too that I mean, out of all the 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 worries about like the bullpen and you know looking across up north of the border with Milwaukee still playing really good baseball. Um, I'm sitting here looking at my calendar, and for the month of September, Kyle Hendricks is the guy that's pictured for um, the month. And what a month of September he's had of turning things oh, around. Oh, it's been incredible. Um, really looking like the guy that we've expected to to see more consistently throughout um, his tenure and like more what we saw in 2016. Um, he looks like the for sure number two starter going into the postseason. I still would give the, the ball to John Lester in a game one of a situation like that. Um, that means I really like the starting pitching lineup for the Cubs in a best of five series, because then you have Lester going for game one. You would have Hendricks game two. You would have, I would assume if it's against the Brewers, Quintana for game three. And in fact, if it was even Quintana for, if it was against the Brewers, I probably would make an argument that you could move Quintana to game I think two you because would, he's been I think you so would move good Hendricks against the Brewers. to uh, game three just to have him on the road. I think Hendricks on the road is still better than one of it is the best Cubs pitcher on the road. I think it may even be Lester Quintana, Hendricks, Hamels. Well, that's that's in, what that, I was just, in that order. That's what I was just getting at is that you could make the argument for um, for Quintana to move up to game to game two just because he's been so good against the Brewers. Then you have yeah. Hendricks. Your that's assuming we're going against the Brewers. The, of course, these are just assumptions here. But regardless, the fact that he's had. A great turnaround for the second half, and especially as of late, heading into the postseason, where you're going to need your starting pitching to carry you, um, has been good. The, the loss of uh, Brandon Morrow for the season has been really tough. Pedro Strope could come back in the postseason, which would be a big boost for the bullpen. He was um, seen doing uh, throwing and uh, cardio drills today, so he's he he's a tough guy, and they expect him to actually even possibly be, be back before the end of the season. Would be nice to see him come back before the end of the season. Yeah, it would be it would be very nice to see him come back before the end of the season. Um, Cubs ninety one wins, sixty five losses. They're still got the best record in the National League. Um, I think their magic number is down to five um, as we're recording. Still this. at five, yeah. Still at five, yeah. So they still have five more chances to uh, finally clinch. And another ninety win season is always good because uh, since you know two thousand five. Oh, the Brewers are up five to four now over the Cardinals. So. Well, I'm. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of want St. Louis to to. It's about that. to be. Yeah, if the Brewers win tonight, it'll be a game and a half, maybe even less if if things keep going south after uh, <laughs> after we upload this. But um, it is currently Brewers Cardinals in a big divisional series for those two teams. Yeah, um, and then the Cardinals play the Cubs later on too in the next few weeks. Yeah, and then then it comes down the line, and so as it stands right now. That Saturday, if if the magic number stays at five, that Saturday will result in being the potential clincher game. That's assuming not every day is going to be a Cubs win and a Brewers loss, which would move the number down too. So if we're if we're going by like we're assuming the Cubs win or the Brewers lose a few games here and there and it moves down once a day, then Saturday would be the clincher if they don't find a way to blow the division, which Everything should speak to them winning the division, making the playoffs, and having that home field advantage throughout the entire National League playoffs up until the World Series. Yeah. But who knows what can happen after that? Um, 
assuming they do play the Brewers in the NLDS, I, I would take the Cubs over that. I think in a four in a five game series, the Brewers just don't have the pitching to go deep enough, and they may learn a hard lesson against that. But if the Cubs offense is still the being the Cubs offense, it's going to be tough, and so. Who knows? It, it it'll be interesting come come coming down the line. I just want to keep talking about that offense a little more, just because. Well, that's the thing. I, I look at the Brewers and I look at the the way the offense has been going. The fact that the Brewers bullpen has been so good this year um, makes me a little bit nervous of a, of a Brewers matchup in the in the postseason. Um, because if the Cubs have one bad offensive day or two bad offensive days. Um, and let's not forget that the Brewers starting pitching has had some success against the Cubs this year. I mean, the, the games in itself were when the Cubs played Milwaukee, even though they still took the majority of the games for wins that they played against them this year, it's still, it's still very much so that the, the Brewers still played decent, decent baseball. And especially the, the recent emergence of Christian Yelich, just new team with Milwaukee. And he's just been killing it for them up there. And he looks to be in the contention right now, along with Javi Baez. I think it's one A and one B at this point for um, NL MVP. Um, I still think it's going to be Degrom, but for that's MVP, just for MVP or for Cy Young. I think Degrom could be an NL MVP, to be honest. He could, but I don't think he'll he'll get I think it. He, I think it's a strong consideration. But besides the point, if we're looking at the Cubs' offense right here, and I just want to look at the last seven days, which actually includes tonight's game. Players who are basically have been in the starting lineup who are batting below Cole Hamels, who's actually at two, who's batting 250 in the last seven days. Ian Happ, Jason Hayward, Albert Almora, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, Victor Carantini. Chris Bryant has struck out 10 times. Ian Happ has struck out five times. Hayward behind that with three. Now, but overall, now Hayward, I, Hayward, I don't really blame Hayward. I don't fault a little bit. Off the DL. Chris Bryant, he's been Bryant he's has, batting one eighty two in twenty two at bats. Yeah, Bryant across has not five looked, games he's with not ten strikeouts good. and one not, RBI. He has not looked good, um, to say the least. And I think, but I think those too, three big names there. Uh, well, and especially you have Bryant, Wilson Contreras, Alberto Mora, and Hayward. Now Hayward's still coming back. But that still then leaves Almora, Bryant, and Contreras. Now, you can even put a slash line between Almora and Hap. You're going to be seeing one of those two guys in the game. Right there is four out of your nine guys, almost half of your lineup that's batting uh, below 250. That's not what you want to be seeing in your lineup. Well, a lot of these guys have been struggling throughout the whole season. Contreras has had a really, really... Chris had a rough year. He, yeah. We thought he would soar this year and and possibly be in the MVP discussion. Contreras is batting two fifty four. Yeah, year and to he day. has not had. And the thing that annoys me is that you know Madden keeps putting him in there, but I mean at some point he's going to have to give Hayward or not Hayward, excuse me, Contreras a little bit more of a some rest to to go into the postseason. Um, defensively, Contreras has still been very solid, but offensively, obviously the, the down year there. Um, the other thing too, that we, I, I didn't mention in, or we didn't mention in the rundown, um, was now the, the effect of, um, Addison Russell's situation coming yeah. into full swing because now with those allegations coming up again, the timing of everything play a game the rest sucks. of the year. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to play a game the rest of the year. And that means you're going to have Javi at short and you're going to have Murphy at second. 
unless they like the idea of, of moving guys around and keeping Javier at second. But I don't picture that. I picture Javier playing at uh, short. No, and you're going to see Murphy a lot more is still Murphy, at second. which overall isn't terrible. He's obviously not the best defender, and you're not going to have the brick wall in the middle of the field that you used to have. Um, obviously, uh, Wilson Contreras is an incredible defensive player. Really, you any ball head up the middle, you would be expected to be turned into some sort of play with uh, him and Javi out there. But now it's just going to be it's just going to be Javi, and um, who knows? Murphy's good, not great. Obviously, not the best. Not not what would, would be the expectations that we've been been seeing as the Cubs. Yeah, but. I, I don't think it's going to be a game breaker for them. Russell's only batting 250 this year, not having one of the greatest years. For a player who had so much upside and so much potential and so much hype around him, it's kind of disappointing to see him putting up those numbers. Um, obviously, Murphy's been doing really well with the Cubs, uh, still batting 279 on the year. Had a rough series against Milwaukee, but um, is has been the Cubs' best bat um over the past week or so almost batting 400 with four rbis and two homers um it's fitting in pretty well if um into that leadoff spot but you're starting to see again like when the bats start to slow down you start to see the lineups change a lot more and i i think i've i've stated my thoughts on that more than enough times so i won't get into it again but um it seems like Madden's just trying to find the right combination of hitters here to uh, make something work. I'll tell you what. I think that this Russell situation makes it pretty interesting for the Cubs, not only for the decision that they have to make with Russell. Do they decide to try to move him? Do they keep him on the roster whatever they choose to do? Um, but with that being said, heading, in, heading into this offseason with Manny Machado being out there, if there's a chance that there's some doubt whether or not Russell will have any of this sort of like, go. they might just either try to just cut ties with him and release him because his salary isn't too high. So they wouldn't get really burned on it. Or they might just try to trade him and just try to get something back um, and hope for the best. And then that opens up the whole shortstop. And since Murphy is a free agent as well, you could go after Manny Machado and assuming you get Machado, you have Machado. Well, Machado is going to want to play third base. You mean shortstop? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. He would want to play shortstop. So then you'd keep Javi at second, and then you'd have Machado at shortstop, and then that's a decent deal. Yeah, that's a decent deal. That, like I, it's I, it's a potential now. It's definitely a potential. It's the the doors have opened on that sort of thing, and I think the doors have opened more on Machado coming to the Cubs now with this whole Russell thing resurfacing than the doors opening for Bryce Harper coming to the Cubs. Yeah. Um, well, and it was funny because we've been talking about it all year as much as everyone's like, oh, the Cubs are the favorites, the Cubs are favorites, the Cubs are the favorites for <laughs> uh, Harper. It's still not a good fit yet. Yeah, you would have to get rid of Elmora. You'd have to get rid of Hap. Like uh, you'd, you'd be having to sacrifice a lot of pieces for one guy who had a pretty who has had a pretty good second half. But overall, which, which I mean, if you get a uh, Bryce Harper and then all of a sudden you have to d- turn around and decide what to do with. Almora and those guys. I mean, you could maybe trade, uh, make a package, and try to get a starting pitcher or a, a reliever or something like that. I mean, you definitely have a relievers. very good excuse to go after a guy like Machado now, as you said, as with the current situations. Of yeah, you probably aren't aren't going to resign Russell. Yeah, but what uh, I'm saying is that Murphy you, becomes a DFA or a uh, UFA. 
UFA, sorry. Um, and so when you have those openings, might as well, instead of just spending money on Murphy or someone like that, try to get the big name. I mean, but even even if the Cubs wanted to, and I think this would be interesting for uh, an interesting partnership, if the Cubs really wanted to, I think they could honestly go out and try to get a Jacob deGrom. If they really wanted to, they could package a Almora and a Hap package and get maybe another prospect or two in there and bring in Jacob deGrom, and then you'd have him in your rotation, and then you could send Montgomery back to the bullpen. And then I know the the whole question surrounding you, Darvish coming back and everything like that, but at this point, I'm not confident that you, Darvish, is going to be pitching much longer in a Cubs uniform. I just... Just out of the, the reports that we've been seeing all throughout the season about his mental toughness and all this other stuff, I, and him being shut down for the year, I, I don't know if he'll be back at this point. And honestly, I'd rather have DeGrom being in my rotation than having to rely on you, Darvish, trying to be healthy next year. So, I mean, yeah, you'd be kind of stuck on his contract. That's a ballsy but play. But... It, it is a very ballsy play, but I'm saying the <laughs> Cubs could do that if they wanted to. And if you wanted to make room for even if you wanted to keep Almora because of his defense and you wanted to get rid of a guy like Kyle Schwarber, I'm sure an American League team would love to take the chance on getting a Kyle Schwarber to put him as their DH and just have him rake 30 home runs and drive in 70 RBIs. If they wanted to trade Kyle Schwarber, it would have happened already. I think Schwarber, they're all in on Schwarber. Unless somehow there's a really big play on that. So I think anything involving him right now is... I, I... impossible actually i wouldn't i can't i won't even say unlikely i, I think it's I actually say just it's impossible. impossible i wouldn't say it's impossible i would Unless, say it's like I would you're say getting it's one un- hell of a player i would say it's it's highly unlikely but okay. i wouldn't say it's impossible okay that's fair enough i'll give i'll give it that i'll give it that but i don't know i feel like lester's probably got one or two good years left in him maybe they resign hamels to another deal I think this current iteration of the Cubs rotation is one of the best rotations that we've had, obviously, all year. Um, I think it's even better than last year's rotation, um, given how decent it was. And again, like, I think it all relies on the offense. If Javi can start hitting well, um, if Murphy can, can keep doing what he's doing... I think uh, hopefully within the next week or so, if we see, see Hayward start coming to form again, that'll not, be huge. I'm personally not so worried about Javi and guys like Zobrist and that because they have been some of the more consistent hitters this well, season. Yeah, Zobr- Zobrist and Javi have been good. I'm more, I'm, I guess it comes down to guys like, as I said, guys like Hayward, guys like Almora, that's, that's exactly what Bryant, I was say. Bryant. Uh, Wilson, and uh, Hap. Like it's going to be, they're going to have to step up and do their part because if you only have. The two or three guys who are really producing out of your nine guy lineup, you're going to be having offense problems. And that's what we've been seeing from the Cubs so far. Yeah. And on top of that, too, uh, with what, another, another week or so left in this season, we got about one, two, three, four, five, six days, six games left in this season so far. I mean, anything can happen. The way I'm approaching this thing with the offense is that every, one day that another day that they don't have a good offense is just one day closer to when their offense will really start clicking and they'll start scoring some runs. What's funny is they every couple times is like, we've seen them take some really, really bad losses. I think you can chalk one tonight up as one. You can count uh, Friday night against the white Sox. You can count um, Thursday or 
it was either Thursday or Wednesday night against Arizona. Wednesday night, they 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 were off on when on Thursday, but Wednesday against Arizona was another one, uh, where everything just went completely dead. Uh, and you know what's funny? It's like after all of this criticism, is the Cubs are still playing good baseball after that thirty games straight? They still won more games than they lost. Um, they actually technically before that thirty game stretch started, they increased their lead in the NL Central over the Brewers. Yeah, and. Their net magic number is now down to five to win the division and hold the best record in the National League. And so it's just it. I think from a Cubs fan perspective is we're ready for it all to fall apart at once. Um, I think it's very easy to just be like, yep, everything's going to fall apart. We're so we suck. It's just fate. But at the same time, it's like. As much as we want to worry, as much as we want to panic, the Cubs are still playing good baseball. The Cubs are still a very good baseball team. I think there's just a few pieces that not clicking here and there. And if they do fall into place and if they do click, then we're going to see something incredible in October. And if not, I I still think if everything doesn't click, a fifth straight appearance in the NLCS is possible. More and, than possible. Honestly, I think the Dodgers are going to be the team that we might meet again in the NLDS. Which would be hilarious. Or CS, but I should say. Three straight NLCS Cubs-Dodgers. Yep. I'm sure everyone's loving that on national TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I'm sure it's great because that's two big markets. That's going to be great TV ratings. Um, but moving on, like looking at the division, and I think this is where a lot of the stress and anxiety as Cubs fans come from, is Milwaukee. The fact that it's now technically, let's say, let's say the Brewers win tonight. It's going to be a game and a half lead over uh, that team again in the Central, and they're knocking on our door. They they want they don't want just the wild card for their playoff appearance. They want the division, and it's more than possible with six games left to go in the year. But on the other hand, is Milwaukee's turned out to be one hell of a ball club this year. But but they do have um, some they do have some weaknesses. Um, they do they do. Uh, but credit where credit is due, Milwaukee is a very good ball team. Oh and yeah, and for sure they've they've met all expectations this year. They've shattered all expectations this year, and have turned into something I don't think anyone really expected. Um, I I didn't think they would have the pitching to to be this competitive, but it seems like they've found ways of slugging in a. I guess off the backs of Christian Yelich's incredible second half, putting up to going through the cycle twice and just hitting out of his mind. They've found ways to just keep winning ball games and they're making it competitive. Um, if you look at any other division right now and put the Cubs in there, they'd be six up in the West and then and 12 up in the East. Like they, yeah, they, we would have already, we would have already been taking it easy with a magic number at zero, basically. Well, I don't know if, if they, we were would, in any other division. Would they be twelve up in the, the east? Because I'm looking at the the Braves record; they're eighty-eight and six. Maybe it was it's the maybe it's the other way around. I'm, in the, in the I think American I'm just League, dumb. maybe. Maybe I, I think if you just flip flop it, I think I'm just crazy. Because I was gonna say I don't think they would have a five game lead with a current. A team behind them, the Brewers. Six games in the West and thirteen games in the East. That's what over it would the be. over the next that, team. Yes, that's they'd have, that's they'd have, they'd have that's 13, from Bleacher Nation. They'd have a thirteen game lead over the the Braves in the East. Yeah, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right because the Braves have 
one more, one less loss than the than the Brewers. Then it's probably the other way around. Then it might be the second. I, would, I was team. just reading that off. I'm not gonna lie. I'm reading it off of a of a, off I a think, tweet from. I Bleacher think it might Nation. be. I think if they're taking out the teams that are in those divisions that have already won, because that would make sense if they were looking at Philadelphia. The second place team. It, it would be the second place team. Yeah. yeah so sorry, that that's my sense. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. I, 13 okay. If you swap, if to... you swap the Cubs, if you swap the Cubs with the Braves, I, I, I yeah. I'm an idiot. Long no, story I, short, I get it. I get it. I get it. But okay. there, there is one thing about the Brewers that I've noticed that, and I, the stats here kind of back it up that um, it, the Cubs kind of have a similar thing too. But um, the Cardinals have this, the strength of this so far, and the the Cubs against teams with a record over five hundred are forty nine and forty five. That's their win loss record. Same with the Braves, and the Dodgers have a fifty two and forty win loss record with teams over five hundred. The Brewers, being in that top wild card spot. They're 48 and 49 against teams over 500, and the Cardinals are 52 and 42 against teams over 500. The Brewers, they've done really well at home. They're 48 and 30 at home. Away, they're 41 and 37, kind of similar similar numbers to the Cubs. Cubs have 47, 28 at home, 44, 37 away. Um, but the thing that's been really shocking has been the fact that the Brewers just seemingly can't play better than the teams that are over 500. And... That could come back. Now, granted, 11 of those losses in the above 500 column are from the Cubs um, from the, yeah. the divisional play. But that I think that still goes to show that the Brewers have struggled against some really solid teams that are over 500. And you look at teams that they've played this season, like the Cardinals, the Cubs, the, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, the Nationals. Um, those are the teams in the National League that have records over 500 that they don't have a, a good record against and not haven't even counted interleague yet. So, uh, you know, that can, I haven't seen who the Brewers have played in interleague. So I can't say teams that they've beaten um, in the American league, but that's just something to think about as well, that the Brewers are still, you, you, despite the respect that they have, they do have a few flaws in the fact that they can't really play up to their 500 or to teams that are over 500. Like they are um, now granted, they still have a really good offense with Christian Yelich leading the way. Lorenzo Kane out there as well. Ryan Braun has had a pretty decent season. And um, Mike Moustakis getting him from the Royals and a few other guys as well. Um, their pitching is starting pitching in particular has been their weakness. Um, their bullpen has been the by far the probably the strength of this team so far. And I think that'll be a, a factor that will play into the um, into the playoffs because I mean ultimately talent does win out, but when you look at the aspects, I give the Cubs the edge in starting pitching. I think it would probably be about a tie between the team's comparable offenses just because of the the bats that are in that lineup. And then I would give an edge to the Brewers in the bullpen section of that. And I think when you look at that, the Cubs have the lead in offense, the Cu- or the, the Cubs have the lead in starting pitching, the Brewers have the lead in the bullpen. And then the deal breaker would be the offense, and both that's pretty even. So that would be a pretty even locked series if that goes to five games, um, which yeah. very well could happen. But ultimately, we've seen how starting pitching kind of pans out, and I I think the Cubs would have the edge in that, um, especially with guys who have had the experience, such as Cole Hamels, such as John Lester, Kyle Hendricks, and Quintana got a taste of it last year. So, I mean, there, there's guys with experience on that team. So, 
If they're going to go with a four-man rotation, I would think Montgomery would move back to the bullpen, and maybe you have Montgomery come in in, a, in long reliever situations. I don't know what you would do there, but um, I think there's definitely some uh, some opportunities for the, the Cubs to at least get past the NLDS. Now, granted, who they play, we don't know yet, but I'm I'm pretty confident in that aspect too. The other thing that the Cubs also have very beneficial from is that the, the run differential. Um, they have a the second best run differential in the National League. The Dodgers lead that with a 173, then the Cubs in second with 112. The Brewers have a 69 run differential. So yeah. even though the Brewers have scored a lot of runs, they give up a lot of runs too, and it's pretty sizable difference in that. So um, with that being said, I, I think that it'll really kind of come down to each Literally, pitch by pitch, it's going to be a, a, a battle if it's going to be the Cubs and the Brewers in that first playoff series. But, of course, the Brewers still got to get past the wild card game. So who would that be between either the, the Cardinals, who right now have a one-and-a-half game lead in that second wild card spot over the Rockies? The Rockies could be a, a team, too, that would maybe sneak in there um, and have maybe some sort of uh, thing. But the Rockies have a run differential of positive one. They've scored. Uh, they've scored 720 runs, but they've given up 719 runs. Um, Pittsburgh is is by far the the long way out looking in. The same with the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. But um, it, yeah, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that right now. Um, <laughs> right now, it's it's a three team race between the Rockies, the the Cardinals, and the Brewers for the wild card. Yeah, I, I think that's a. <laughs> that's a solid that's a solid way of looking at it and you know after every single cubs loss especially this late in the year it's pretty easy for people to to lose their minds and a lot of people are like oh man the cubs are limping into the playoffs and all this other junk and i'm just like they're still a good baseball team they've hit put up 90 wins 90 plus wins like Give the credit where credit is due. It's a long season. It's going to have its ups and downs. Obviously, this is a, this is a little rough time for them in a time when you don't want to be seeing that. Um, I'd love to see them storming into the playoffs. I wouldn't call it limping. I, I'd call it a steady trot. I guess is is they're playing pretty average baseball, and if the, I think if even they play like this for the rest of the year, the chances of them winning the division are still very good. Uh, um, so who knows? By the time you guys are listening to this, maybe they've just won every single game in Milwaukee, lo- loses everything, and we're we're down to a magic number of one, and nobody's worrying about anything anymore. And they're burning, <laughs> their, and they're burning their bratwurst as we speak. Yeah. So, <laughs> so who knows really what could happen? It, anything can happen down the line. I, I think if we're looking right now, way too early playoff predictions. I can see the Cubs going at least to the NLCS, potentially even the World Series. I think they're a good enough team to do that. Uh, the, when we get to the World Series, I think it'll just be uh, interesting. I think there's very strong teams on the American League side this year. Um, yeah, and I think the the Yankees, the Astros, or the Red Sox. I'd be surprised if it's not one of those three teams that makes the or I mean, that makes Cle- the World Series Cleveland this is year. back in it. I wouldn't count Cleveland out because their starting pitching has been good. Kluber just got to 20 wins on the year. Here's um, my thoughts on this. I want to see a Cubs Red Sox World Series. I, I do honestly too. do not care who wins that World Series. I will be more than happy to lose to the Red Sox who are at 106 wins and playing incredible baseball this year. But to see that 
and have a series that goes from Wrigley to Fenway would be so cool for all of baseball this year. I, I think that it'd would be, be really I fun. Think, I think it'd be historically cool. I think every baseball fan would like to see a World Series like that. Every true. I also think every fan baseball would fan would hate to see a Cubs Yankees World Series. <laughs> I, I think there's two. I think is, the markets wise, base Major League Baseball would want a Cubs Yankees World Series. Oh yeah, well or duh, Cubs, but I think everyone Yankees, else or Yankees Dodgers World Series. But um, no, no one in their right mind ever want to like would want to watch a Cubs Yankees World Series. You have like two of the, like the some of the most bandwagony fans in sports <laughs> and some of the most deepest history fans in sports. There's like a weird combination of two with both of those teams that surround it. Yeah. And I, I don't so, know. The, 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 it'll be interesting because now granted the, the last two years the teams that had the best record in their in the, each league like who, who had it's like the Cubs in 2016 went to the World Series and won at the National or not the Nationals the the Astros last year had the best record in baseball went to the World Series and won it could Boston do it and make it a trio it's possible but I mean history says that not a lot of teams that end up with the best record in baseball make it all the way there it really takes a special team to make it there I'm not saying Boston isn't a special team because they are but they they'll have to prove it because last year they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs by the Astros and Right now, it would look like the the Red Sox would play the winner of the Yankees in Oakland, and assuming that one of those two teams wins, it would be between those, and then Cleveland and Houston would play in the first round, and then Boston, assuming that they win that series, would play either Houston or Cleveland, and yeah. that could mean a rematch of the NLDS from last year, or I mean, I mean, sorry, the ALDS from last year, where Boston was uh, flipped in the first round by the the Astros. Um, or it could mean something else where we might see maybe, uh, Cleveland make it in there. I don't know. The American league, in my opinion, is a little bit more up for grabs than the national league. I think with the national league, you yes. kind of see where each, where that could go. I think we both agree that we could see the Cubs and Dodgers in the NLCS for the, th- uh, fourth, third or fourth straight year. Um, with the American league though, I mean, I could see Boston getting flipped in the first round, especially if they have to play the Yankees. I could see the Yankees losing that wild card game to Oakland because Oakland has been playing really good baseball too. The Indians, I could see making a run. I, I mean, there's so there's many a lot of factors the, in the, the American AL, League. Yeah, all so good. Yeah, and and Houston could become the second team in the American League to hit 100 wins. They're at 99 and 57 right now, and they're playing Toronto. So yeah. they could become a, a 100 win team that's also in the playoffs, but they just won't get home field advantage, which will suck. But I mean, with the way that team is built, I don't think having home field advantage would really matter until really you get to the World Series. Yeah. So for me, I, I think it would, any one of the teams in the American League, it's up for grabs. But I, I think with me, I'm pretty confident to say that I think it'll be a Cubs-Dodgers um, NLCS, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a legit possibility. I, I think it's a more than legit possibility. I, I think it's a... a I don't know. I, my thoughts are it really doesn't matter who's going to be in the NLCS. I think the Cubs would take it either way. I just think they're the stronger team overall. I, I Maybe it's just a bias of mine, but I still think the Cubs are by far the best team in the National League, and there's not really many teams that come close to them. Um, Talent, I don't know. I agree. I think the Cubs are the best team in the National League, but... The, the way the, they're playing, everyone's playing the right now. Playing. I think the Braves. I, I think the Braves have a decent shot. They're playing really good baseball. Maybe that could, maybe that can propel them forward. Who knows? Um, 
the the fact that the Cubs have the best record in the National League, I think, is very, very, very beneficial to well, of course. this playoff run specifically, especially because you have a team like the Brewers and the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals are a surging team. I, I think at any point that steam can stop, especially in a five game series when everything's on the line and so much matters. They've been pushing so hard this second half. Who knows when the, they'll just hit the wall. Um, you can even look back to the uh, 2015 Cubs when they had an incredible second half and made that wild card spot. Um, then you look at the Brewers who've had a strong year and who knows how well that bullpen's going to hold up in a five game series. Who, who knows how well Hader can do in a five game series. Obviously he can't be used all five games. He still has to be used now because all these games are important. Um, their hitting is incredible, but is it enough to get it past all five, uh, the Cubs throughout five games. This is assuming they win the game over the Cardinals. For all we know, it could be, a, it can suddenly be a Cubs Cardinals and LDS. It could, which, is a legit possibility, and that's just kind of the joy of the wild card. But um, in conclusion, I think the focus right now is win the division. Of course. You have to win the division. You can't go into that one-game playoff. I do not want the Cubs playoffs hopes and dreams riding on a one-game play-in. There's no way in at all that <laughs> that I w- I'd want that happening. And so in the end, let's finish strong. Let's win the division. And then we'll take it from there. Um, we'll go more in depth about how we think the Cubs did this year and how they're uh, looking going into the postseason next week when we start our playoff uh, our playoff push. Hopefully, we'll have a better idea by then. But um, who do you guys think will the Cubs will be facing? Do you even think the Cubs are going to win the division? Send us an email about that. <laughs> 108 bricks podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I-, I think it's going to be real fun. And you love you love seeing a close race like this coming down the line. Um, it'll give you a heart attack during every game. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love this for be a to be a relaxing week, but I guess we got to be uh, stressing out every single game <laughs> against the Pirates for the rest of the week. That's going to be a blast. One um, one more thing we should talk about before um, we sign off, Dylan, and that is the the Crosstown uh, Cup coming back to sh- to the oh north side. boy. And uh, oh I think boy, in particular... man, the, the parades next week, guys, get ready for it. They're going to be taking the Crosstown Cup around town. I think in just in particular, though, there were some pretty big storylines out of that series. One, you look at that series and you think not only just the big storyline with with Hawk Harrelson having his final broadcasts against the Cubs. Um, but before that all started, he wanted the, the Sox to sweep the Cubs. Well, then the, the Sox kill the Cubs. Yeah, they almost had one. it. They started out right. Yeah, and then Cubs responded in games <laughs> two and three. Um, but there's... <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, Dylan, but I thought it was hilarious and I found this on Twitter. Um, but there was a, a cut of uh, Hawk talking to one of the aldermen um, from the city of Chicago. Did you Do you know what I'm and talking then, about? And then Schwarber blasted the yeah, home run. Yeah, and then Schwarber just blasted a home run to just dead right field. And I, I just was losing it laughing when I was watching this video because I was watching the Bears game not gonna lie and then as soon as the as soon as the 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 stuff was popping up on Twitter and I saw that clip I was like oh boy that's hilarious just to see that all happen and uh I I don't know if we I'll maybe find the audio and we'll we'll play it but um it, I just it was laughed it, yeah it was just hilarious to to watch that and then um Granted, I thought it was really cool at the end when both teams, the Cubs and the Sox, both stepped out of their dugouts and tipped their caps to 
to Hawk, which was I thought was really really classy um, to for both teams to do. Um, and then Hawk saying goodbye to saying that he loves Sox fans and everything like that. Which I mean, let's face it, he was an entertainer in the city for a long time, and um, he for some Sox fans who loved him, and you know the fact that he was involved with the team for so long and it played and everything like that you know he's he's one of uh he's one of the f- interesting broadcasters in all of baseball and uh you gotta be bleeping me you know and uh <laughs> stretch stretch and you, you know, know for everything we give him like he's kind of like our own harry carey or their own harry carey in a sense like I, I think there's a lot of people who disliked harry carey for his nature behind the microphone and and i think the same way worked with a lot of people on how Hawk Harrelson operated behind the microphone, but overall, like you got to respect the guy for what he does, what he's done, who he is. Like you, you, you love the guy and um, he has, he has had an cr- incredible career and uh, I wish nothing but the best for him as he uh, goes he into, retirement. into retirement. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, did you ever, did you see the inning when AJ Pierzynski was there? Did you watch? No, I did not. If <laughs> I don't know if there's any clips of it online, but if you get the chance to go back and watch it, it's it's like the two were like uh, were about to get a room. I mean, they they were like just loving each other back, like man crushing back and forth about every single thing about you know Sox baseball and AJ. You know, he does commentary stuff for Fox Sports um, for postseason for playoff baseball. But I mean, he and uh, he and Hawk were flirting a little bit there. It seemed like it was pretty funny and entertaining to watch. But I'd love to have a year of Hawk and Pierzynski on the mic. That'd be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. It makes absolutely think, no sense. But it would I think Pierzynski, I think Pierzynski would make a great commentator. I think if he was like joining um, Steve Stone or, or if like Stoney took like a, a few days off and Pierzynski filled in, I think he would do a great job because I think. I think Pierzynski would tell you how it is, and he's not afraid to tell you how it is. You know what I mean? I think that would be a, a nice taste of reality for some people on the, the Sox broadcast. Or not in particular, like, the workers there, but I mean, like, for the fans that are watching it, they want to know, they want the guy to be real with them, you know, for all that sort of thing. And I think that would be a, a great addition to um, the broadcasting team for the Sox. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. Um it would have a lot more personality and to make up for the lack of Hawk in the booth. Yeah, exactly. So who knows? Maybe you see a broadcasting uh, career in uh, Pruszynski's future. I guess it'd be a nice little addition after the loss of Kopech. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that I think that's going to wrap things up for us for this episode. Um, be able, please tune in next week as the playoff push begins. Hopefully we'll be coming to you uh, on a week by week basis. Um, as as long as the playoff push keeps going, yeah, um, and hit, hit we got about on... halfway into October last time. I, I'd be happy if we can do it again. Obviously, it would be fun to see the Cubs make the World Series again. Although it definitely would be a long shot for the Cubs to win it all, but you never know what can happen. October baseball is always magical, and yeah. uh, it it should be a fun time. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter too while you're at it uh, at 108 Bricks Pod, and uh, you can hit us up on Facebook as well. 108 Bricks Podcast, a Cubs podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you guys later on this week when uh, the Cubs are in the playoffs, and uh, we'll be posting, like Dylan just said, once a week uh, to get you the playoff coverage that you guys want. So we will, like I said, be back with more baseball coverage and more Cubs talk throughout the month of October, all the way until the Cubs are out of the playoffs, and hopefully that'll mean that they've won the World Series. So we hope to continue this one-week discussion up until, or one-week upload up through November, to say the least, but... 
I'm looking forward to playoff baseball again. And we're getting to the fun time of, of uh, all sports where you get playoff baseball, the NFL is in full swing, you get NBA basketball coming up soon, and hockey, too, for Blackhawks. So a lot of fun Gonna stuff happening in the next few weeks. Yeah, so if you're a sports fan, but if you're a baseball fan, you got to love this time of the year. So we'll see you guys next week again, and we will talk to you guys later on. See ya. Go Cubs.